Drew Amanda with you here on the Green Zone. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. Uh, shoveling out from a little snow bomb in some areas of Saskatchewan. Uh, some of the highways around Yorkton uh, still poor uh, visibility in that direction. Some of the smaller highways travel not recommended uh, through Camsack Norquay uh, out to the eastern port uh, of Saskatchewan. How are you enjoying Canadian winter again, Drew, uh, through Toronto and now Montreal? Well, not, welcome back to Canada, by not, the way. Not very happy about it whatsoever. <laughs> It was awful yesterday. It, was, it wasn't snowy yesterday. It was just a lot of cold rain. And there was one point walking down Bay Street in Toronto, because um, I was on an errand for my lovely wife, that um, I, like, I thought my top of my head was going to actually just crack. It was, I was going to be Humpty Dumpty because it was so – the wind was coming down Bay Street like crazy. And for a second, I had to dip inside. And uh, and be very Californianish, like ooh, this is really cold. So again, you can get used to the warmth. You can never get used to the cold. It was actually a nice day here I, in Montreal. I will say, people say, yeah, but it's a dry cold, and you kind of yeah. joke about it. Like cold is cold, minus forty yeah. is just cold, but it's yeah, a dry it's cold. cold. It is a. Yeah. Di- I when I was there, my first winter in Ontario and Montreal area was, and I was like, oh, this is what you mean, because it's not as cold as Saskatchewan temperature wise. But that moisture can get right into you a little bit oh, yeah. on that one. So completely understand it. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm, you want me to talk about my hip? <laughs> why is your hip sore? Because I shoveled today. That's why. Uh-huh. You didn't stretch, did you? Stretching a shovel? Oh, yeah. Well, why is your hip sore? It does show one thing. You're 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 using your legs to shovel, which is good. Um, but son, get yourself to a gym every once in a while. Just start walking on the treadmill, then maybe get to a job. I drop then... off my daughter at the gym all the time, and then I pick <laughs> exactly. her up. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, good. Next time, walk to the gym with her, and then walk home. I don't know about that. <sighs> Okay. Uh, Light the, the furnace, baby. Light the furnace. Our uh, resident gym rat, not named Drew Remenda, is on hold right now. <laughs> hey, easy. Cut. Cut. Quick gray. Quick gray. Quick gray. Is it hot? Football, Football at four. four with Britton Gray. <laughs> Green Zone Rider reporter Britton Gray. Um. Joining us uh, outside of the Brandt Center, getting ready to uh, talk to Alan Miller. Trade deadline day, the Regina uh, Pants, well, across uh, the WHL. But uh, let's talk some uh, football, uh, Britain Gray. Actually, first off, uh, I said Jim Rat, and I'm serious. I'm, he takes uh, pretty decent care of himself anyways. Uh, what would you recommend to uh, stretch out this hip? Like squats? What are you, what are you doing, Britain? No. no. Well, well Jamie, it's like as I get older and wiser into my old age here, Drew's right. Just just get to the gym and just walk a little bit. Just do something, and it won't hurt as much when you, when you eventually have to exert yourself, like shoveling no doubt did. One of the best things to to open up your hips and your groins is, is horse stance. It, so what? Sumo squats. Horse stance or sumo squat. Horse stance is, is martial arts, but um, a sumo squat, legs a little wider apart, put your put your toes out, and then just a deep, slow squat and just hold it there for about two, three seconds and back up. Do some of those. That'll loosen up. You can do some other stretches. I'll send you some, Jamie. There's there's lots you can do to get the hip going. But 
hip uh, fluidity is very, very important. Trust me from a guy who, who isn't very fluid on his hips. Once you get my age, it hurts. I'll just uh, now that we stand. I've been standing up during the, uh, yeah, that's the good show thing. for yep. a while. Yep. For a while since we renovated the new studio, yep. the chair gets pushed aside. Uh, I'll just good. do squats. I might you might won't hear yeah. me, and I'll just be coming up and down a little bit uh, to yep. open up the hip with the slow down, like a four count, four count down, hold, and try to get as low as you can. Then boom, back up. Okay. Okay, I'm written that down, uh, Britain. Okay. The Dave Naylor tweet that's got my attention today is uh, the potential for rule changes for the kickoffs. Should the CFL, because of player safety, reduce the amount of kickoffs or maybe just scrimmage the ball after every score, including a touchdown? Uh, It's a tough balancing act that I'm intrigued to see how they kind of figure it out. I like the kickoff. I still think a kickoff and a punt return is the most exciting play in football when it happens in the nfl uh it's enjoyable but i mean it i i don't know it, it seems to, uh football in north america is just completely getting away from it do you like that if the just a scrimmage some people are saying do you use the xfl rule which they line what do they line up 10 yards apart mm-hmm. uh and, and then they, they kick it over their heads and Right yeah. when the returner gets the ball, then they can start blocking rather than have the full 50-yard yeah. sprint uh, exactly. head-on collisions that you see. Would you rather an XFL thing or just scrimmage from the 40? At that point, you may as well just scrimmage from the 40. Just give them the ball from the 40 or 30 and let the offenses go. All righty. Uh, I, I, I'll be interested on this one. I'm interested now in what else they're talking about because – they they just like to tinker with all these uh, little rules on what can we improve and all the, it's like just stop it just, just stop it okay <laughs> is, is are the numbers significant when it looks at the injuries of kickoffs versus other plays like is it enormous or is it ah, there's like three or four more injuries than expected and those types of things and you're going to just completely change the game I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, but I know you follow the NFL well. Were you surprised today at the news? Pete Carroll, has his position has evolved to senior advisor and is no longer the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. I, I was a little bit because he wasn't one that really felt like he was on the hot seat. That team's been competitive. Geno Smith has been playing really well. And it felt like, at least uh, watching the game, that they still had bought into what Pete Carroll was kind of uh, saying in the locker room. They were playing for him, but that must not have been the case. Now they uh, appears a culture change is coming in there, but they didn't get rid of Pete Carroll. They, they just uh, have updated his uh, position to whatever it is going to be somehow. So uh, I'm very intrigued, but now I'm a little concerned that uh, all of a sudden Dan Quinn will be leaving the Cowboys to head to Seattle to uh, be the head coach there. Well, he was the defensive coordinator during the Legion of Boom mm-hmm. era uh, with uh, Richard Sherman, etc. Then he went to Atlanta. That didn't work out well, although, as Arthur Smith will tell you, may not be the coach's fault in Atlanta, yep. uh, and has been pretty darn good with the Dallas Cowboys defense, maybe returning uh, to Seattle. Seven what? Seven, seven spots. Well, eight. It's, it's, it's eight now, isn't it? I thought with Carroll it was seven. Or maybe, maybe I'm projecting on the New England maybe, Patriots. Maybe the Patriots, right, exactly. <laughs> the three were fired midseason. Four have been fired, or sorry, four have been removed from their position or contract not renewed or fired or evolving to 
to this point. So there could be seven seven positions, but I think they should keep Antonio Pierce. Other than that, rock and roll. It'd be fun to watch. Uh, as the uh, interview process, it's a little bit different in the NFL than it is in the CFL. Like the CFL, it's always like, oh, in the NFL, some teams openly disclose we have requested permission to interview yep. this, like that. Yep. And there's a lot more transparency in the National Football League when it comes to uh, coaching interviews, etc. Um, oh, hello. Here's what? some major coaching news that just came down. What? Um, breaking news from college football Nick Saban is retiring from coaching. Uh- Wow. The, oh, what? Yeah. The czar of wow. college football, Nick Saban, it just was announced, is uh, retiring from coaching. Of course, with all those championships at Alabama and LSU, uh, seven national championships. When you talk wow. about one of the greatest football coaches outside of pro or including pro, Nick Saban would be on your list. And uh, maybe he's had enough of nil and uh, all the uh, transfer portal and everything else, and he's. He's out, Nick Saban. Wow, he he <laughs> he was he was one of the ones that the guys that was complaining about it. That's that's massive. Some would say the greatest coach in sports today. Wow. Well, he and Pete Carroll are the same age at seventy two years old. So, you know, seventy two is wanna, yeah. a pretty decent age to retire. Doing, I think. Right. Yeah. With as much with, money as Nick Saban has made. college football, the, the game has definitely changed for some of these uh, older coaches when it has come to the NIL and transfer portal. So. Maybe it is a changing of the guard now in college football. And so uh, Nick Saban, it's just been announced, retiring from Alabama as uh, their uh, head coach. Uh, that's football at four. I know Britain's got to run and uh, do some interviews with the Regina Pats on trade deadline day. Uh, Britain will catch up again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. That is Britain Gray here on the Green Zone for football at four. Yeah, I was like, whoa, hold wow. on a second. Yeah, that is hold on a second for sure. Holy mackerel. When you look at Nick Saban's career, um, and you could kind of say, I don't know if you you want to put him in that which coaching tree you want to put him under, but uh, when you look at his work, he he worked with um, Bill Belichick with the Cleveland Browns way back in the day before he became the head coach uh, at Michigan State, and then LSU. Then he had that little tenure with the Miami Dolphins, and then at Alabama. But his overall collegiate coaching record, 292 wins, 71 losses. Oh, my gosh. And a tie. That's his college football record. 292 wins, just 71 losses, one tie, and a seven-time national champion uh, those years at LSU. Uh, He won, well, he won one with LSU, and then 09, 11, 12, 15, 17, and 20 as uh, the head coach and all things football at the University of Alabama. Uh, that news uh, just came in here on the Green Zone. We'll have to put we'll put it in the debate on where Nick Saban is on greatest football coaches of all time. Is he better than Bill? Bill would say why it's college versus pros. I don't know if uh, what makes you better, but your the record that he has – is phenomenal, like absolutely phenomenal. And Alabama, well, he's one of the greatest of all time. Yes, he is. 
so that's some breaking news this afternoon. Wow. Uh, one of the richest coaches, of course, in football is Nick Saban retiring at the age of 72. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKO. Jamie and I with you here on uh, the Green Zone as, uh, yeah, some breaking news is some coaching news in the National Football League. Pete Carroll uh, is out in Seattle. And uh, you have uh, Nick Saban retiring from Alabama. Or sorry, sorry, Pete Carroll's not out in Seattle. His role has evolving. been is is evolving, evolving into a senior uh, advisor role. Yeah. Okay. But still, it's been a big day coaching wise in football. <laughs> Nick Saban, I, I. But I was thinking about it during the break. The, the transfer portal and the NILs and all the money that we, we talked about with Tom Maynick last week, some of the coaches, like Pete Carroll, have been complaining about what it's done to college football. And maybe he just looked at it and went, it's just not worth it anymore after all these years. I got all the money they needs. But he, I have no sympathy for that. Like, oh, no, players have more control of where they want to play football and go to school. Like, ah, shucks. Tough beans. I don't have any sympathy for it either, but it does. I I do have an understanding of what it probably does for coaches. This is the NCAA is. I've said it before. One of the most corrupt organizations in the world, as far as taking advantage of their athletes. They're a billion plus dollar industry, and you you can't you get recruiting violations if you take your kids out for a hamburger on a on a recruitment trip trip. So so. They, they have a neat way of looking the other way when it suits their their best purposes. And so they do this, the NIL and the transfer portal stuff. I it's It it causes for the coaches who put so much work into recruitment, tons and tons of problems and headaches. But it's the NCAA's fault. Uh, should, should, have, should have paid him a wage from the get-go. We're always on the podium of uh, corrupt organizations that take advantage of their athletes. Uh, Olympic, IOC. NCAA and uh, FIFA way back in the day um, of some coaching news that has come down in the NFL and the NCAA today. Uh, Pete Carroll is no longer the head coach of Seattle in a very creatively worded news release today from the Seattle Seahawks. His role will evolve as a senior advisor, uh, but no longer the uh, head coach. Uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. And then Nick Saban announces his retirement uh, today. And I did not know this until this article popped up. Uh, this is from 1980. 1980. 1980. Nick Saban, an assistant at West Virginia... Uh, where he was the defensive backs coach, uh, has been picked by Ohio State University head coach Earl Bruce to become the defensive secondary coach on the Buckeye squad. Saban will replace Pete Carroll, who left OSU (laughs) after the Rose Bowl game to become defensive coordinator at North Carolina State. That's awesome. That is awesome. So you have Nick Saban and Pete Carroll 
and we're waiting on Bill. And all yeah. these three guys tie together. Pete Carroll was fired by the New England Patriots, replaced by Bill Belichick in that controversy with the New York Jets. And uh, Nick Saban was part of Bill Belichick's staff way back in Cleveland as well. And apparently uh, Nick Saban replaced Pete Carroll as the DB's coach at Ohio State University in 1980. It takes a special personality to stick with coaching for as long as these guys have. First of all, their talent for coaching is, is pretty evident. But to move around over and over and over again, it takes a very special person. Dave King used to say it takes a gypsy personality and a real strong wife. If you are married and you are in the coaching business, you owe your lovely spouse all the thanks in the world for backing you. It's a hard thing to be away from your kids all the time and have her doing all the work. Um, and you think and, the amount of years these guys oh, have been hey, doing it. I never, Jamie, even the, sh the, the, the short time that I did it, but I also did it through my broadcasting career again. I never do that again as far as be, be away from my family for that long. Months, months at a time is awful. But these guys, they had, they had, they had a dream, man. And it's, say what you want about coaching and, you know, it's not the same as being a player. No, but it's the next best thing as Pinball Clemens once told us years ago. And they used to stick mm -hmm. with it. There's, there's times, there's times you go through it and you sit there and you think, what am I doing? You know, it's, it's three o'clock in the morning. You haven't seen your family for two days. You're sitting at the Cow Palace in South San Francisco going over video after video after video, and you're losing 71 games in a season. And you're thinking to yourself, this can't be what coaching is all about. This cannot be it. But you're living your dream. You really are. And good for those gentlemen. Those, those are three of the best, without a doubt. Of course, we don't know anything about Bill yet. Maybe he's sticking in New England. Maybe. What do you think? Do you have a hunch? Yeah. I think we got to find out this week, right? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's again, like we talked about, that they're find, trying to find a creative way, like Seattle has done with Pete Carroll, <laughs> of moving Bill out of the head coach. His position. his his role has evolved to head coach of the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Bill is no longer the head coach in the New England. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's Harbaugh. Uh, Harbaugh is going to be Chargers. Uh, uh, but uh, right now, let's talk some hockey. Now, here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey and I don't like kids. It's time to drop the clubs. We're losing! More guys, more teams. They're burying us alive! But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. As we drop the gloves, talk some hockey. Uh, Drew Romenda. Uh, last night, a pretty decent night for Canadian teams, except for one because Ottawa and Calgary played each other, so uh, someone had to lose. Um, the Winnipeg Jets. Stay red. Right now, this number for the Winnipeg Jets, second longest run in modern era, which they go 1967. Uh, so that means the Leafs have never won a Stanley Cup in modern era because that was the expansion after 1967. Just want to throw that in there. Uh, but the second longest run in the modern era of allowing three or fewer goals in 30 consecutive games for the Winnipeg Jets. The... Minnesota Wild did it 35 straight games in 2015. Uh, so 
You would think in 30 games you just have one night where some bad bounces, power plays go, and it's four or five goals. Nope, in 30 straight, three goals or fewer for the Winnipeg Jets. No wonder they're number one in the NHL. They are one of the hardest-working teams on the ice. They are blessed with two very good goalies. Some would argue, and I would be that one of those guys that argue that one of them is the best goalie in the National Hockey League in Connor Hellebuck. So if they do have a breakdown, he stops it. They're very, very physical. And they play about a straight-ahead game as you can possibly imagine in this in the NHL. There's not much East-West in their game. They, I, I think I told you, when I talked to Rick Bonus last week when they were in San Jose, and I said, what was the biggest domino you had to knock over when you took over? And he went, on the ice or off? I thought that was a great, great insight into what he had to do because there were some off-ice problems, as we talked about, from Blake Wheeler to Shifley and um, and Heilbuck. Are they going to stay around to P.L. Dubois? What's going to happen there? Because he didn't want to be there at all um, and made it clear to everybody who would listen that he did not want to be in Winnipeg and he didn't want to be in Columbus. Now he likes where he is, obviously. But the, the way that Rick and that coaching staff has got them playing is really impressive. There's no BS to their game, none. They rely on hard work, physical play, and speed up and down. So uh, I was uh, laying out my dream scenario um, yeah. for the Western Conference. Uh, um, if the Oilers can eclipse L.A. Uh, and get to third, they take on Vegas in the first round if Vancouver holds on to the number one spot. Jets yeah. are number one. Um, could we see? Could we see three of the final four in the Western Conference be the Jets, Oilers, and Canucks? Certainly, absolutely, you could. Absolutely, they have. You got to go through a couple pretty good teams. I mean, there's like Colorado. I'm, I'm guessing Colorado would Colorado, be like it would be Winnipeg Dallas. and Colorado in the final four. Yeah, uh, but Colorado, Dallas, Vegas, L.A. All really good teams. Arizona's no pushover anymore, by the way, everybody. Nashville plays a hard game. But if you want to look at it, if you're looking at my top guys, top teams in the Western Conference, it is Vegas. It is L.A. Not in any particular order. It is Colorado. It is Winnipeg. It is Vancouver. And it is Edmonton. And good luck there. Any one of you, good luck. Because that's a, that's a tough, tough group of, play, of teams all extremely well coached all really talented some have a different mechanism for for winning games versus others some have more of a built-in identity when you look at the western conference though i still look at vancouver and winnipeg as the top two teams in the in the western conference edmonton we knew was going to get back into contention they were too good not to I'm still not sure Edmonton in a seven-game series against a team as physical and as good defensively as both Vancouver and especially Winnipeg, because you just cited their stats, and even Los Angeles, if they stay healthy and what they do in the neutral zone, I don't know if they can come through that, if they can outscore their problems. But, boy, it'll be fun to watch. Oh, yes. Um, as I said earlier, for hockey fans – uh, over the next few months, you got the WHL with three of the top uh, four teams in the Eastern Conference and the WHL being from Saskatchewan. 
and then you got four of the top teams in the NHL being Canadian franchises. I'm throwing the Leafs, of course, uh, in there oh, as well. Yeah, um, yeah. It January, February, March, April. Bring it on. Uh, I'll uh, the snow can fly. It can be minus forty, which it is now, and you can sit indoors and watch a lot of decent hockey. Um, I'll say this about the Toronto Maple Leafs: their new goal song sucks. What is it? They changed it, didn't they? I don't know. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, they changed it. used to be Hollow Notes, You Make My Dreams Come True. Yeah, but then they which, changed it, and then someone yeah. listened to the entire song that they yeah. picked, and it was like, oh, this isn't appropriate. I'm like, yeah, and they changed that. On. Now they got some, it's some generic. I don't even know what it is. But if you can't, if you don't walk out of uh, now Scotiabank Arena humming Hollow Notes, then you, you've had a wasted night. <laughs> In my opinion, they would have played it. You, you heard that goal song a few times last night, Mister. Seven times I heard that last night. Seven times, to the point but I heard you it couldn't seven pick times out the name of the couldn't song. Pick out the name of the song. That's that sh- that that shows you, you know how much. So that's that's how how forgettable it is. Oh yeah, it was pursuit of happiness was the Leafs' new goal song, but then they took it away uh, from uh, Kid Cudi. Um, or, yeah, I don't. I guess it's a mix now. I think they're just maybe rotating it or something. Yeah, because it, it just blows. Go, go back yeah. to go back to hollow notes. Hollow notes you for the uh, goal song. Uh, but it'll be uh, interesting to see uh, how the rest of this season goes. We're almost at the midway point. The other NHL news: Connor Bedard, six to eight weeks now, not four to six yeah. weeks after surgery for the fractured jaw, uh, and the Blackhawks. They are riddled with injuries, and you know, go, when you you lose Corey yeah. Perry because of what happened with him. Taylor Hall got injured early. Uh, Nick Foligno gets hurt because he punches Brendan Smith to defend Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard's hurt with a fractured jaw, and that lineup is thin in Chicago. Thirty-one point five million dollar cap hit last night for the Toronto for the Chicago Blackhawks. They, though, I will say this: they compete they do they compete as hard as they can luke richardson doesn't let them off the hook in that situation and there was no excuses yeah and they they compete they did last night against the edmonton oilers yeah uh, the yep. oilers only got 15 shots on net last night in that 2-1 win uh over chicago uh coming that's up next team, yeah, i was gonna say that's a team that's trying to luke is trying to get get it through their heads. This is the way you have to play if we're going to be this team right now in order to build for the future. And if they, he's, he's they, doing it right. if they get another number, could you match Connor Bedard with the Celebrini? I uh, talked to right. talked to Gordon Miller and uh, Mike Johnson last night because they were uh-huh. uh, TSN and they were over it. They said Celebrini is really, really good, to quote Gordon Miller. <laughs> uh, they watch a lot of junior hockey, so uh, yes, I would do. trust them. Uh, game of the night next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I drew Romando with you here on the Green Zone. Um, See, there you go. That's a, it's a bopping little number by the people would sing along. Partnership. Former partnership, yes. Former partnership. Got a little, little tense there. Maybe, maybe if the Leafs readopted that song, they could bring Daryl and John back together. So, here, do you know what the most uh, Googled <laughs> question is about Hall and Oates? No. Which one's Hall and which one Oates? No, it's not. No, it's not. 
What? No, it's not. I don't know which one's which. <laughs> Who's with the dark curly hair? Which one's that? Is that? That's John Oates. That's John Oates? Yes. And Hall's the guy with the, like, the, yeah. the glasses yeah. and blonde Talk, hair? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'll forget that in a week and have to Google okay. it again. Which one's Hall and which one's Oates? Uh, that's for that's who it is. Uh, okay. John is the John's the ooh ooh guy, and Daryl's the the brains of the organization. <laughs> <laughs> According to a lawsuit, uh, yeah, yeah. maybe not. Uh, we'll uh, find out. But our game of the night tonight is the Colorado Avalanche at home against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, that is our uh, game of the night with uh, Colorado against uh, Vegas. And uh, right now you have the Colorado Avalanche, number two in the Central Division, the Vegas Golden Knights, number two in the Pacific Division, uh, going toe-to-toe this evening. 